Hey guys, Michael Koval here from Crosby, Texas, fighting the good fight with you. Hey guys, this is Trevor, fighting the good fight with you from New York City. This is Elliot, fighting the good fight with you from Indiana. This is Pastor Rod Harrison from Baltimore, Maryland, Messiah Community Church, fighting the good fight with you. Hey, keep fighting. Hey man, this is First Lieutenant Muller from Jaber, Alaska, fighting the good fight of faith with you. Hey guys, it's Neil here, fighting the good fight with you here in Midland, Texas. Hey guys, this is Brian, and believe me, I am fighting the good fight with you from Flower Mound, Texas. I just recently lost one of my older brothers to COVID-19, but I am still fighting the good fight with you from Fort Collins, Colorado. From Rovia, California. New York. Seattle, Washington. San Francisco, California. From Naples, Florida. From Holland, Michigan. New Orleans, Louisiana. All the way from Hawaii. Brothers, I'm Jeremy Dawson from India, fighting the good fight with you. We have already won, but we're playing it out. We're taking our marching orders from the highest throne, and we will win this. Let's stand together. I just want to let you know that you're not alone. Be encouraged. Continue to fight a good fight of faith. Continue to stand firm with God's word. Remain prayerful and be encouraged in the Lord. God bless you. Keep your head up, stay focused, and stay strong. We got this. Hey guys, this is Brandon fighting the good fight with you. This is John. I just want to let you know that I'm fighting the good fight with you. This is Gary Miranda fighting the good fight with you from North Carolina. Guys, this is Scott Blakely fighting the good with you from Huntsville, Alabama. Good fight with you. Let's go. That is not how you fight. Let's go. Come on, go, God, go. How cool was that? Now, as you can see, though you might feel alone in your battle to stay faithful during this time, your brothers around the world are fighting the good fight with you and seeking God's will with you during this unprecedented time. By the way, I'm Jeremy, and I will be your host for this Men's Global Gathering. Now, together, we are looking to God. Together, we are seeking God's will. Together, we are sharpening and encouraging each other to live out God's will, trusting and following his word. Now we know it's not easy, especially if you are alone, which is why tens of thousands of men are coming together right here on this live stream to receive the strong encouragement and connection God provides through this very fellowship. Now in this rapidly evolving moment, we need some anchors. As we've discovered in this series, God is moving in us and as men of faith, we are part of what he is doing right now. We are resetting our lives, we are rethinking our priorities, and we are recommitting to people not to mention, we are also reconsidering how we live, what we believe, and where we will be placing our personal and professional energy as men. Now, God is calling forth a new chapter for us, and the challenge is in making that shift successfully. Will we hold on to our old assumptions and approaches to life and living, or will we transition and transform into someone new? That's the very real danger and challenge of this moment as it appears a transition is occurring as a carefully orchestrated resumption of the global human ecosystem begins. Now for perhaps the only time in our lives, the obstacle of a pandemic has now become the opportunity of a lifetime to change some things, or not. 
Now, in part six of the Corona Chronicles, God's Unplanned Plan for Your Life, men's expert and pastor Kenny Luck is going to explore how disruptions can take us to the new destinations God has planned. Now, do you know someone whose life is disrupted and is facing transition because of this pandemic? You know, the fact is, we all do. So take a second and click the share button for this live stream. Then, give them a call later. You know, take a little time to debrief it. Now let's go live to the Everyman Studio in Southern California for part six of the Corona Chronicles. Hey men, welcome to the men's global live stream. How cool was that opener? And I wanna thank men from all over the world who submitted some videos to let us know that they too are fighting the good fight of the faith with us. Now, if you submitted a video, just wanna to talk to you for a second, don't worry, we got plans, all right? Now, the reason I chose kind of that language for, for guys just to express in their videos of fighting the good fight of faith with you is because those are the same words that the man from quarantine in the New Testament said to another man who was on a different part of the planet to encourage him. Paul said to Timothy from quarantine, but you, man of God, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now, God knew that I needed to see all of those men fighting the good fight of faith. God knew that when there is a shift happening, that men need to be encouraged, men need to be reminded, and the anchor when the ground is shifting is your identity. Man of God, fight the good fight of the faith. You see, right now, that's the word of the Lord for all sons of the king. That's your identity. That's the strongest and truest thing about you. That's the energy God is looking for the fight, right, to proactively pursue living out your truest identity. And that's the expression that God is calling forth for all of us on planet Earth who name the name of Jesus. Trust, belief, action. And you know why that's so important today? Is because the situation is about to transition. And that's kind of the theme uh, that we want to hit on on the global live stream today. And what I did is I, I kind of looked in the Bible and I'm like, okay, where's a situation where there's a disruption of the old, a life-altering shift, an inception of a new chapter of life for a man who is clearly trying to get his mind around the transition, and then a conversation with God that, that God just uses to help him to prepare to get ready for the new normal. And that event is in the Old Testament. Uh, it starts in Deuteronomy chapter 34 and continues in Joshua chapter 1. So if you have a Bible, you're going to want to open really to Joshua chapter 1 because that's going to be the main text that we're going to unpack on, on the front end of this thing. And then we're going to look at some things that we need to remember in order to make preparation in this transition. So let's look at the event that happened that rocked a man of God's world and then how God began to talk with him and prepare him for the next chapter. 
The event is found in Deuteronomy 34, and it says this, And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord said. And since then, there's no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land, for no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of Israel. So there is the community world-altering event that happens to a man. There's a history to overcome. There's experiences, I mean, miraculous, amazing experiences to overcome. There's a familiarity with the old leader and an attachment. And the same is true for us, you could say, in this situation. Uh, Maybe someone hasn't died, but certainly there's a transition to a new situation. And that old situation, prior to COVID, we had assumptions, we had approaches, we had attitudes connected to the, the way life was. Then the event happened, and it went all the way around the world. And now it's the way life is. And now we're in this seeking moment. We're unsure, we're uncertain, just like Joshua was. But then into that uncertainty comes a conversation with God, and that's the next space that we want to enter. So imagine you're Joshua. Imagine decades of being in a certain role, having in a certain ta- a certain attachment, living a certain way, and then all of a sudden, God puts a big punctuation mark on the last sentence of that chapter, and you're about to turn the page. And this is where we want to roll the film in Joshua chapter 1. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to to Lebanon, And from the great river, Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wow. Now that is a conversation that Joshua needed 
And what we're going to do right now is we're just going to unpack God's unplanned plan that he revealed to the man in transition. Because I think that's where we're all at, right? God has an unplanned plan that's unfolding right now in the midst of this global moment. We're uncertain. We're trying to get our minds around uh, what's going on. We had old expectations and assumptions and approaches and attachments, but now we're being forced by circumstances to kind of consider a new chapter. And God is going to use this powerful word to Joshua in your life today. And the first thing we want to recognize uh, that's happening in this situation and what is happening right now uh, is this. Write this down. This disruption is delivering us to his destination. This disruption is delivering us to his destination. You see, God had a destination in mind for Joshua, a place of his purpose. But one chapter needed to end and another chapter needed to begin. And so let's unpack the new destinations that God was using the disruption to bring Joshua into. And the first new destination is a new reality, circumstantially. I think it's safe to say that we're in a new reality, circumstantially. And God declares that. He kind of acknowledges the new reality right out of the box. The ground is shifting. Joshua needs an anchor. And God doesn't, God doesn't dance around what's going on. He says, Moses is dead. And it's you who need to step into and step up into the next chapter, right? The old leadership, the old culture, the old experiences, as great as it was, as, as great as the things that you saw, as great as the miracles were, as great as the attachments that you had, we're in a new reality circumstantially. And then God goes on and he, he talks about the next destination, which is a new responsibility personally. He says, Moses is dead, and guess who gets to lead? You do. Imagine you're Joshua. You've been a lifelong, decades-long assistant to the leader, and now, after 30 days of mourning, God's like, all right, we've, we've kind of we've acknowledged that. We've mourned the loss of Moses, and in Joshua chapter 1, it's like, time to get going. You're the man. I know that a lot of you are feeling like that right now, that the spotlight is on you, that you're put into a situation where it's uncertain. Uh, many of you have lost jobs. Many of you, your situation is changing. Many of you have a rearranged economic situation. Uh, many of you might have to change locations. And you know what? God's saying, it's your time to lead. You know, I think the world is ready uh, for new leadership from male culture. Don't you think? with all the injustices rooted in broken male culture, whatever that is, sex trafficking, fatherlessness, the orphan epidemic, domestic violence, and the rap that men get. Man, you know what, guys? This is a custom-designed opportunity for us to make changes and step into our new responsibilities, right? The third destination is a destination of new authority. Write that down. New reality, new responsibility, and in the new reality, with the new responsibility, God gives Joshua a new authority spiritually, right? 
He says, I'm going to give you every place where you set your foot. How about that? You're going to wield influence. You're going to occupy spaces and influence spaces that previously you weren't in and you had no visibility in and you had no influence on. He tells Joshua he's going to take territory. Man, that is, that's huge. That's huge. And you know what? The same is true in this situation. God wants to give us a new authority to take new territory. You say, Kenny, what do you mean? Take new territory, right? Take new ground. Well, first, inside your heart. He wants you to take new territories of growth, new territories of change, new territories of character, new territories of courage on the inside. And then he wants you to go and be an influence and to occupy new spaces. If you're at home, say that with me, new spaces. New spaces of character create new spaces of conduct, new spaces of influence with other people. But you see, there's a condition here in the conversation where if Joshua is going to wield this new authority from God, he has to yield to the authority of God. Did you catch that? If he's going to wield, right, he's going to carry and possess new authority from God to be an influencer in this moment. He has to yield to the authority of God. And you see the language. Hey, be careful to obey my word. Keep my words on your lips and be careful, all right, to keep this book of the law, meditate on it day and night, right? So if we're going to step into the next chapter, we have to recognize that we have a, a destination and the destination is a new reality. In the new reality, the next destination, new responsibility, right? In the new reality and responsibility, we have a new authority. God wants to give his sons influence in today's world. He wants us to show our influence and Jesus' presence in us, but there's a condition, right? If we're going to wield influence for God and for his kingdom and his rule, we have to yield to his word, just like Joshua did. And that was going to be the key. The next destination that, that God is bringing us into is a destination where there's a new prosperity. Did you see in the passage where he said, you know what? You're going to go into a new reality. You're going to lead. I'm going to give you the ground that you walk on. You're going to have new authority. You're going to take territory. You're going to wield new influence, yield to my word. And guess what the result is? You're going to enter into the destination of a new prosperity. And that's important to define what that is. You know, when someone's prospering, what it means is that they're flourishing or they're, go they're, they're growing strong. In this new destination that Joshua was being taken into, Joshua was going to blossom. He was going to become everything that God had intended for him to become. He was going to do everything that God had intended for him to do. He was going to start flourishing. He was going to start growing strong and stepping into the intention for why God created him. Guys, that is what is happening right now. Yes, we have a new reality. And in the new reality, God is calling us to new responsibility. 
And he wants us in that new reality with our new responsibility to, to exercise wielding influence and authority under the influence and yielding to the word of God. Why? Because he wants you to flourish. He wants you to grow strong. He wants you to step into everything that he created for you to be and everything for you to do. So that's the next destination. Get a new prosperity experientially. And then here's, here's the last destination that God identifies in this con- con- conversation with Joshua in a time of transition. He says, you're going to enter into a new situation and a new security emotionally. Now, if you paid attention to the passage, you'll see that God says a couple things, uh, you know, many times. He says, be careful many times. And he says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. All right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Be strong and courageous. Now, you don't say be strong and courageous multiple times to a guy who's already strong and courageous, right? You say it to a guy who is uncertain. You say it to a guy who needs certainty, all right? You say it to a guy who needs assurance and he needs to know that that someone has his back. Well, guess what? God wants him to know unequivocally, I got you, right? Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I got you. Let's speak that together because that's what God is speaking to us right now as he's anchoring our emotions is don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I got you. Say that out loud. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I got you. You see, we don't know the future. No one has a crystal ball, but we are connected to the God who controls the future and the God who controls the future is with us right now, guiding. And I know that there's a lot of things swirling around us. But you know, one of the things I loved about that opener is the guy who, the guy who lost his brother to COVID-19. And did you see him look into his cell phone and say, I just lost my brother, but I am fighting the good faith with you. Now, I know that there's a lot of us who have losses, maybe not a family loss, but there's losses. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. God's got you. You see, there's a time and a season for uh, our lives. Uh, There's a time to be born and a time to die. That's that's the next passage of scripture. Um, It's from Ecclesiastes, and I kind of, I didn't put the whole the whole set of verses in there, but I wanted to to pick a few that were pertinent to what is happening right now. God says this from Ecclesiastes chapter three. He says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Okay, that applies right now. We have activity happening under the heavens. And the Bible goes on, says a time to plant and a time to uproot. See, there's disruption. A time to tear down and a time to build. Things ending and things starting, right? A time to weep, certainly that's happening. And a time to laugh, listen to this, a time to refrain from embracing and a time to embrace. And so God is saying to us through the life of Joshua and this transition and this conversation that this disruption is leading us to some new destinations And it's time to start preparing ourselves 
for one season to end and a new one to begin. And so when God is affecting a life transition, how do I begin preparation for my new destination and transition to embrace it? How do I start thinking about it? And that's what we're going to spend the rest of our time doing, right? Well, the first way to prepare is to remember God's nature. Write that down. Just remember God's nature. Remember who he is and what he does, right? In the Bible, the first verse of the Bible says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, why did I mention that when it relates to God's nature, right? The first thing in his word that he wants us to know about himself is he wants you to know that he creates, that he he spontaneously does new things. He creates something out of nothing. He stops things, he starts things, he closes things, he opens things. That is God's nature. There's creator and we're created. And created experiences the works and actions of the creator. God spontaneously causing things that we don't plan on to happen. God stopping things, God starting things, God closing things, God opening things. That is who God is. You know, the reason I put Genesis 1-1 there and God declaring himself creator is because in the Bible, if you want to build thinking about any issue, you have to look where it's first mentioned. The first mention about God that we build our knowledge of him on is that he is the creator. And creators create. They stop things, they start things, they close things, they open things, right? In, uh, in Israel's history, we see God speaking into things stopping and things starting, things happening, ending, and then new works that God wants to create. Uh, talks about this in Isaiah 43. This is just one little vignette where God says this. He said, I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses, I drew them beneath the waves, remember the Red Sea, and they drowned, their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But listen to what God says. But forget all that. It is nothing to compared to what I'm going to do, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Wow, that is so cool. And that is exactly what God is doing now. There were things that God has done which are amazing. There are chapters that you have in your walk with God that are amazing. And just human nature is to live out of those chapters and remember those chapters and call on those chapters and, and, and speak uh, about God out of those chapters. But guess what? There's a new chapter God is writing in your life. And I believe that God wants a lot of us to hear these exact words. He said, yeah, that was great, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. You know what, guys? I believe that God is going to start doing some things that are going to blow people's minds through his people. There's going to be new businesses, new guys showing up in new spaces, new family situations, new relationships being formed, new influence new reality, new responsibility, new authority, new prosperity, flourishing, growing, success, 
and a new security on the inside because you know that God is in it. But God says, you know what? I'm starting a new chapter and I'm about to do a new thing. And you know what the question is in this passage? Don't you see it? God wants us to get on board with what he's doing right now. All right, there's, there's a shift. There's God working in the shift. And then there's God delivering us through this disruption and shift to some new destinations. In Romans chapter four, um, talks about the creative nature of God. And it says this about him. He says, this is the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Did you, did you catch the, the contrast? There's death and life and old and new, right? Well, guess what? God is going to roar back to life dead economies, dead careers, dead companies, dead relationships, dead callings, dead commitments. This is a wake-up call. God is waking things up right now. And I think the reason you're here is because he's waking you up. He's waking you up to some of the new things that he's doing. And you know what? This kind of a circumstance where things end, stop, and even perhaps die, this circumstance is God's wheelhouse. You know how, how guys like to say, hey, man, that's, that's my wheelhouse. That's, what they're saying is, hey, you know what? I don't do all, everything great, but this is what I do really, really well, all right? This kind of a circumstance where things are stopped, when things appear dead, when things appear like life has been sucked out of it, that's exactly God's wheelhouse. And so God is saying we need to remember his nature. God's saying we need to get him right and we will get this transition right. So we got to remember that God is the creator. All right. Second, and write this down, we got to remember God's process with us. Not only does God create and create new things and use disruption to bring us to new destinations, but that's God's process with us. God is dynamic. Salvation, when we placed our faith in the person and work of Christ, and God's spirit was poured into our lives, that is dynamic. And what happens is, is that old things go and new things come. So not only is it God's nature to create and for old things to pass and new things to come, but it's God's process with us spiritually. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It's right there on the footer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature the old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. All right? So that's God's process with us. So we shouldn't be surprised that God would use a dynamic event, a disruptive event. And I know that in my life, salvation was hugely disruptive. When at 17 years of age, I gave my life to Christ, all of a sudden, these old assumptions, old attitudes, old actions started going out the back door of my life, and in came the Spirit of God and actions in the Spirit. And that's his process with us. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, another great uh, picture of what God is doing right now is, is this. Paul says to believers, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished, on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You know what God says that we are? We're works in progress. Okay, works in progress are not static. They're dynamic. It means that 
old things are going, new things are coming, that God is, has, has got to work in us, that we're turning from the old guy to a new guy, from a chump into a champ, and God's forming us. He has a vision for us, and that's always happening. And that helps us to embrace kind of this shift and this transition. Not only is it God's nature, but it's God's process with us. In the book of Ephesians, God says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Do you see how that's not a static picture? But God's process with us is, I created you, I have an intention for you, you're my work in progress, and I have some things that you need to be doing, the good works that I've created you to do, and I prepared them beforehand, and guess what? I'm delivering them right now so that you can walk in them in newness of life, all right? So how are we going to get our minds around this transition and embrace it and face it? We've got to remember who God is. He's dynamic. He creates, right? We also have to remember that that's God's process with us personally. Third, we have to remember God's desire for our attitude as disruption is delivering us to a new destination. You know, God paints pictures uh, in his word to help us get the right attitude, right? And one picture I love is in Isaiah 64, verse 8. Isaiah says, yet you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Might want to say that. You're the potter. I'm the clay. I'm the work of your hand, right? What does that mean? That means that the potter has a vision for something he's creating, right? And the clay is in the hand of the potter. That's our situation, boys. We are clay in the hands of the potter. And the idea of the clay is to surrender to the will of the potter and to the vision of the potter. The clay doesn't tell the potter hey, I think you should make me into a pot or a vase or a cup. It's the vision of the potter that then begins to work with the clay, right? So our goal in this transition is to have the right attitude about who God is and who we are. He's potter, we're clay. What does that mean practically? It means that we're going to be teachable. It means that we're open and that we want to work with God And we're going to ask him to show us the way. It means that we're going to be flexible. It means that there's the life we thought we were going to live. Then there's the life that the potter is calling us to live. And we're going to be flexible. It means that we're going to be adaptable to the vision of the potter. Now, I know that there are a lot of men watching me right now who are struggling because your vision for the the life that you thought you were going to live, you can see it dying right in front of you. But can I just tell you, it's not because uh, God is punishing you or, or destroying you. He's actually using this disruption to develop you and to use it as a stepping stone into his vision. Into his vision. You know, there are many times in my career where I thought I would be somewhere longer than I was. But then God ended it when I wouldn't. And then I discovered on the other side of it, after kind of trying to get my mind around it, a new reality and a new responsibility, and that there was a new authority 
and a new prosperity that God had for me on the other side of the transition. And it wasn't until I got there and I started to remember, okay, God, you're in control. God, you're the God who, who changes me from old to new. So you're into making things that are old, new, and you want me to be flexible and teachable and adaptable to your vision, right? Can I just encourage some of you right now? Stop fighting. Stop fighting with God. Stop resisting what is happening and embrace with a new attitude that you're the clay and he's the potter. You know, in Acts 13, 22, there's a reflection on the man after God's own heart. And I want you to listen carefully because I think that's who we all want to be. We know we're not perfect, but we want to be a man after God's heart in the midst of this disruption. Look at what it says about David, the man after God's heart. It says, I have found David, son of Jesse. This is God talking. I found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Now listen closely how he defines it. He will do everything I want him to do. Now, if you know the Bible at all, you know that David wasn't a perfect dude. In fact, he was super flawed. But you know what was really perfect about David and why he was the man after God's own heart? He was teachable. He was flexible. He was adaptable. That even when he blew it and God wanted him to repent and confess, David would do that thing in that moment. Right? When God asked him to go somewhere, he would go. And that's our attitude. That's the attitude that God is looking for. There's the man after God's own heart. What is in the Bible, what God models for us in, in, in David is meant for us. What's God looking for from us? Put your name in that passage. I have found, put your name. A man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. That's the attitude God wants us to have. You know, Jesus talked about that kind of teachable and moldable and flexible and adaptable attitude when he was talking to people who were considering following him. Uh, the Bible says in Matthew 18, verse 3, and he, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You see, in, in God's economy, in his dimension of thinking and living and working and creating, it requires an attitude. And Jesus said, here's something that you can understand. You got to change how you approach me and what I do, and you need to become, and he brings a kid over. You got to change and become like little children. And it was interesting. I was on a staff call with uh, our team at our church, and I, we were talking about this. And I, I said on the Zoom call, hey, Nancy, she's our children's pastor. I said, hey, Nancy, uh, what are kids like? And um, she said, well, they're trusting. Uh, children are super spontaneous. And then she said this, children are inspired by new things. And I thought, man, that's, that's huge. And listen to Jesus say, you know, unless you change and become like them, uh, you can't work with me in what I'm doing, whether that's salvation or whether that's transformation. You got to have this attitude in yourself. And that's what we got to remember during this time is that God is doing a new thing. Yes, the past is back there. There are some awesome things of it, but God's doing a new thing now. He's taking us to new destinations, and we got to have the attitude of like a child's like, yeah, what's, what's happening? What, what are you doing, God? I'm excited about that. 
That's the attitude Jesus says that we have to have if we're going to enter that new dimension. And then lastly, this morning, uh, to, to get us prepared for the transition that's coming, we got to remember God's calling on our lives to shine the light of Christ. You see, I, I believe that God has a new time of influence for his sons on planet Earth. That there's a lot of darkness happening, um, but against the darkness, you can see light. And Jesus said, you know what? Light is intended to be visible. You don't put a cover on it. You put it in a visible place. And men, I know that the rap on us worldwide, not so hot. Pick up a newspaper, turn on cable news. There's always some dude blowing it, all right? This circumstance is custom built for the sons of the king to rise and shine the light of Christ and to win. And, and that's the attitude I see in Paul, the apostle, as he talks to some believers, he says, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, which means he's going to serve everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became the weak. I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. You know, when we started this series, the theme verse for the Corona Chronicles series during this time was from Philippians 1.27. Same man and the same man who just said those words because he wants to win influence and to shine the light of Christ. He said, whatever happens. Let us conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. So this craziness, this disruption is delivering us to a new destination of influence. And we got to remember, not just God's nature, that he's the creator and he stops and starts things and he closes and opens things. And we, we have to remember not just God's process with us, that we're in a process of becoming new. We, we have to Remember God's desire for our attitude. We've got to be moldable, flexible, teachable, adaptable, like clay in the hand of the potter. But this last one is huge because it goes to the end game. What's the end game of the disruption and the deliverance of us to new destinations? We're called to shine the light of Christ. You know, in the Bible, there are plenty of instances where God, in order for certain people to win the influence on planet Earth that he has intended for their lives. He has to disrupt their lives. He has to change their location. They have to occupy uh, different spaces. They have to become different to win influence and advance God's agenda on Earth. Did you know, man, that is exactly what is happening right now? Life is not going to be the same. And we got to prepare for the destinations God is taking us to so that we can influence. One instance of this is when there's a leadership transition, all right, when David becomes the king and there's a new team that's being formed for David in uh, his kingdom 
for God's purposes to go forward. And we find this one tribe, it's called the men, they're called the men of Issachar. They're kind of a, a tribe. And listen to what it says about the men of Issachar. All right, during this time of transition and a new situation, it says this, from the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. All right, do you see the pivot? that is happening right there. You've got a tribe of leaders, men of God. They're in a time of transition. They're discerning the times to deliver God's leadership for a community that they're a part of. And you know what, guys? Right now, there are 700 million men on planet Earth who name the name of Jesus and the Spirit of God is causing the same thing to happen. We are, as a tribe, all 700 million of us, we're discerning the times, we're dis discovering God's plan, we're deciding uh, to open the next God chapter uh, in our lives, we are making decisions to fight the good fight of the faith, to take territory for Jesus, just like Jesus said to his first followers. He said, I'm handing you the keys of the kingdom and what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and what you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. It's this picture of the release of men who follow him. And he says, guess what? The gates of hell, the plans of hell will not prevail. Instead, I'm giving you a, a key. I'm giving you kingdom keys to unlock every evil door and you're gonna crash through those gates and you're gonna displace evil and replace it with God's love and justice. I believe that that is exactly what is happening right now. They understood the times in order to determine the best course for God's people to take. Guys, I'm telling you, right now, we need to get ready. God is using this disruption to deliver, to deliver us to some new destinations, some new realities, some new responsibilities. He's gonna give us some new authority. He's going to bring a new prosperity, flourishing and flourishing lives and success. You're going to accomplish the purpose for which you were created. That is success. And you're going to feel confident, secure. Why? Because you recognize the times. You recognize God is in the times. You recognize that he is at work. Jesus said this to his followers in Matthew 24, he said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. You see guys, we gotta make the pivot to God's plans. He's got a mission for us right now to accomplish. And if we don't pivot, we die. We become small as men. You know, I remember just as uh, a CEO and as a business guy, um, watching the story of Blockbuster Video. And in 2004, Blockbuster was on top, eight billion in revenue, 9,000 stores, making tons of money off of my late fees and your late fees. And then a little company called Netflix came along. You familiar with that company, right? And they start sending DVDs to my mailbox and I kind of start making the transition. I used to go to Blockbuster Video and buy a bunch of red vines and popcorn while I got my video standing to check out and now I stopped going to Blockbuster and I started ordering these, these videos that came to my mailbox. And then the same company, Netflix, starts streaming videos online. You know what we're doing during this time? We're doing Zoom calls and we're doing Netflix, people. And just 
Six short years later, Blockbuster is $900 million in debt, filing Chapter 11, and in this last year, you know what Netflix made in annual revenue? $21 billion. Why? Because they made the pivot. And you know, that's a, that's a really important word right now. God is asking us to pivot. He's asking us to recognize that he uses disruption to deliver us to new destinations. There's new realities. There's new responsibilities. There's new authority, new influence he wants to give us. And he wants to give us a new security and inner confidence. But we got to remember who he is. He's creating spontaneously things that are powerful and he wants us to enter into. We got to remember that it's a process of old going away, new coming in our lives and in history. It's a process where our attitude changes. Yes, things are uncertain, but we know God is in control. We're going to be teachable, flexible, and adaptable. Why? Because he wants us to influence and shine the light of Christ during this time. So are you ready? Are you ready to make the pivot? Are you ready to make the transition? Don't want to be a spiritual blockbuster, all right, where we don't make the pivot and our influence dies. We want to make the pivot and watch our influence soar like a hockey stick, all right? But we got to take a step of faith. I love the passage in Mark 4.35. You're going to see it on the bottom of your screen. Jesus talks to his disciples and he says, when evening came, means it's getting dark, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. He doesn't say, oh yeah, and when you get in the boat and you get in the middle of the lake, you're going to be scared out of your mind, but then you're going to see me take command over the elements of nature and calm those waves. Uh, He doesn't say, let us go to the other side and you're going to see me take authority over evil, feed 5,000 people with a boy's sack lunch, uh, deliver people, heal people, save people. He doesn't say any of that. He just says, let's go to the other side. And there's guys who stood on the shores of safety in that moment when it was dark outside and a guy was asking him to get in a boat. And there were guys who got in the boat in faith saying, all right, I believe I'm called to get on a journey and an adventure with this guy. I don't know what the future is, but I'm getting in. And only the guys who got in the boat had stories to tell. The guys who stayed on the shores of safety, they have no stories. Guys, God is is calling us to take that risk and to get in the boat and go to the next destination in the midst of this disruption. You know, Jesus talked about the tension that that requires and that we feel on the inside. And in Matthew chapter 16, he says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. You see, there's comfortable and predictable, and then there's adventurous and risky. You know what Jesus is saying to those guys who heard those words? There's no such thing as the safe Christian life, the one you can control, the one that's predictable, the one that's convenient, the one that's comfortable. Jesus, because he loves you and he wants his agenda to happen through you, is going to call you to get into the boat and feel the tension of losing one chapter to gain the next chapter and a new destination and new influence and prosperity. I love the, the words in Hebrews chapter 10 where God says, but my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I take no pleasure in him. I take no pleasure in the man who shrinks back. Wow, what a picture. That because God is with us, yes, we don't know what's out here, but because he's with us, we don't shrink back. We go forward. Why? Because he's with us, right? 
And I love how the way the Bible describes people who really have a clear vision of God. It says this in Proverbs 18, it says, the wicked run away. They retreat when no one is chasing them. They live in fear, but the godly are as bold as lions. Did you hear that? The godly are as bold as lions. You know what God's calling forth out of you right now? He's calling forth boldness, courage, an awareness that this disruption means new destinations, new realities, new responsibilities, new authority, new prosperity, new security in him. Why? Because he's with you. He's saying, I got you. Remember who I am. Remember my process with you. Remember my desire for your attitude. Let me be the potter. You be the clay, right? Turn and change. Be like little children. Be inspired by the new things that are coming. Why? Because I am calling you to shine the light of my son, Jesus, for a desperate, for a dark, and for a dying world in this moment. Are you ready for the adventure of a lifetime? Start preparing. Get your preparation in order because God is bringing you to some new destination. Can we bow our heads and pray together as a community of men? God, I thank you for the way you opened uh, this global live stream with men around the world speaking truth into my heart. I'm thinking about James in Alaska. I'm thinking about Gary in North Carolina. I'm thinking about Jeremy in India. And the word of the Lord through brothers in the Lord was, I'm fighting the good fight of faith with you. Lord, that's who we are. That's our identity. That's the energy you want. You want us to fight for the kingdom and the advance of the kingdom, but we got to cooperate with the kingdom. And so, Lord, we raise our banner right now. We declare in Jesus' name that we are sons of the king. And sons, we are sons of the king that are ready to take our territory. So even as you spoke to Joshua and you told him the truth about one season ending and a new beginning, even as you told him that there was a call to leadership on him, Lord, we receive our call to influence and leadership, to wield the authority of Christ, yielding to the word of Christ. Lord, we're going to be careful to do what you say. We're going to be careful to meditate on your word day to night because we want to be prosperous we want to flourish, we want to grow, we want to be successful. We want to accomplish the purpose for which you created us. And Lord, we want to shine the light of Christ in this hour and moment of time. We don't want to miss it. So Lord, thank you for calling us into these new destinations. I pray for every brother listening to the sound of my voice right now, God, that they would receive with gratitude what you have declared over them this morning that they are sons of the king, that that's their identity. Men of God who are discerning and discovering the times to take the best course, which is life in you and life for you before we go back to you. Seal their commitment right now to do that. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, and God's men said, amen. Wow, what a powerful time of encouragement from men around the world. What a powerful time of encouragement from God's word, where God's word that he spoke to Joshua is the word that he speaks eternally. It has traveled through time to us. We don't have to be afraid or discouraged. We're going to be men of God, men of the word, and men of purpose right now as we get in the boat 
And when we get to heaven, I want to swap stories with you. If you missed any of the Corona Chronicles, uh, parts one through five, make sure you just go back at everymanministries.com and and watch those. And I'm going to encourage you to take what we've gone through and take a group of guys through that. All right. And we'll see you next week. God bless. Thanks for watching our national broadcast. If you felt connected to today's message, there's a couple of things that you can do. First, you can subscribe to our daily devotionals. Each day, you will receive via email a new men's daily devotional for you to go deeper in your walk with God. Now, second, you can sign up and be a subscriber to our Everyman platform. We have hundreds of custom curated curriculums for you and your men to do Bible study together. We also have special documentaries, films, and even music from our Dangerous Good Conference. We want you to be a part of our growing community of men that are being transformed daily to become what God always intended them to be. Now to subscribe, just go to our website at everymanministries.com and sign up today. Thanks so much for watching and God bless.